Well, I uh, certainly appreciate your prayers this morning, and uh, a lot of blessing uh, for uh, for us to be able to go to the Lord and seek His guidance and help and strength. And um, I uh, I thought about my wife there talking about praying for the caregivers, and um, you know. Um, you might have a conversation with her um, in regards to the fact that there have been a number of times in uh, our marriage that I have had to care for her, and um, that uh, that I think I think I've done pretty well, and she's still here and kicking and going well, and um, but but to the best of our knowledge, uh, other than before our marriage. Uh, this is the first time she's had to take care of me. So it's, uh, or if, if not, it's been a really, really long time since she's had to take care of me. So the, uh, it, in, uh, in regards to, um, to uh, any type of medical needs. Now, she's taken a lot of care of me in other ways in, in, uh, in my life, but, uh, but medical needs is what we're talking about. So we, um, we do cover your prayers and appreciate, uh, your thoughts and, uh, it's going to be on Tuesday, and we don't know what time or anything yet, but uh, but just on Tuesday, if uh, you would, in your prayer time, uh, lift lift me up again. I would greatly appreciate that, and uh, and would uh, covet those prayers. Um, this morning, when we come to God's Word. I want to share with you a message entitled "Pursuit of a Sinner." Pursuit of a Sinner. There are a lot of people living with brokenness in our world. We sang about that in a couple of the songs that we shared this morning. It doesn't take but a moment to look at the news, to look around us in the world today, and to identify brokenness. We see people who are struggling, people who are hurting, people who are searching, people who are giving up. They feel that there is nothing in life that is worth anything, and they often feel that they're not worth anything themselves in life. There are more and more support groups for these problems and uh, that addiction, uh, this situation. Everywhere we turn, someone is trying to sell us something, uh, enroll us in something, sign us up for something uh, that they promise will help make life better or will relieve whatever hurts or harms us in our life. And you think about all of the advertisements you see on television, and you see in the newspaper and and magazines, you hear on the radio, if you're listening to the radio, um, all of the things that are going on in the world around us, there are a lot of hurting and broken people who are struggling in life. Probably some of us here today struggling in life. We're hurt, we're broken. We're struggling in life. As we look into God's Word, it basically defines for us three major categories in which those people fall. And the first one is this, there are those that don't know. They just don't know how hurting they are, how broken they are, how, how much difficulty that is internal in them in their life. And part of the reason they don't know is that no one's ever told them. No one's ever shared with them about the brokenness that they're experiencing in life. And, and so, so they just don't know. They haven't heard. Nobody's told them. They just don't know. 
Second are those who know, but they refuse any kind of help or assistance. Those people that know they're broken, they know they have struggles in life, they know their problems, but, but they just aren't ready to, to accept anybody's help or any type of assistance or anything in their life. And then the third kind of people that we see are those that know, but they don't think they need any help themselves. Every time they see these things or hear that sermon or that message or, or they see this group or that group and support and this and help and that, they think, boy, those people need that. But I don't. I'm okay. Everything's all right in my life. Well, this morning in God's Word, Jesus is teaching us about these three groups. And He's teaching us about what we can learn from these three groups for our own lives. If you have your Bibles this morning, I hope you do. Mark, the second chapter. Gospel of Mark. So beginning in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark. Very second book in the New Testament. Second chapter. Beginning in verse 13. And he went out again by the seashore, and all the multitudes were coming to him. And he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it all came about that he was reclining at the table in this house, in his house, and many tax gatherers and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many of them, and they were following him. And when the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax gatherers, they began saying to his disciples, why is he eating and drinking with tax gatherers and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, listen to these words. These are so powerful. It is not those, is it not those who are healthy, who need a physician, but those who are sick? I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. It is not those who are healthy, who need a physician. It is those who are sick. And he said, I came to call sinners. He came in pursuit of sinners. He called a sinner in the text today. We look at this and the events that are unfolding. Jesus has returned to Capernaum, and, and the word of his presence has spread very quickly. And there are multitudes, large crowds that are coming and gathering. Now, some of them are there to hear him teach, but the vast majority of them are there to see him perform his miracles, to watch him cast out demons, to, to watch him heal the sick, make the lame to walk and the blind to see, and all of the things that Jesus has been doing. And they come really more that it's a show, and they're the spectators, and they want to watch what's happening with Jesus and the sick and the demon-possessed. And, and so they're just checking it all out. And Jesus takes this opportunity to teach them a lesson, to say to them, listen, the journey of faith is not a spectator sport. The journey of faith is not let's sit back and watch the show and enjoy what we see happening. The journey of faith calls for us to be involved. The, ver the journey of faith calls us to be participants in the journey and the things that are going on around. And so Jesus determined that it was time for him to teach them 
that, that it was not a spectator event and what his ministry was really all about and why he had come to this earth. He wanted to make it clear as he communicated with them that, that there were certain things that, that he came to bring to them, to offer to them. And in this text, there are certainly more things, but in this text, there are three specific gifts that Jesus brings to offer. The first one is forgiveness. The second one is fulfillment. And the third one is freedom. Forgiveness comes just before this passage in the second chapter. And read the story that we recall that Jesus was in the house and the crowd was all gathered around. People were in the windows and the doors and there was no room, there's no access. And there was a, a, a guy who was lame and he had four friends. And they carried him to come see Jesus, but they couldn't get inside because of the crowd. And so the story tells us that they went up on the roof. And they begin to tear away the roof and they lowered Jesus down, or they lowered the, their lame friend down in the presence of Jesus. And in the midst of the context of that, Jesus said that he was healed. And people began to question Jesus' ability to heal. And he said, well, which is easier? To say to him his sins are forgiven or that you've been healed, stand up and walk. But he said, so that you may know that I have the power to forgive, I say to you, stand up and walk. And he did. Jesus offers forgiveness. And it's a gift that He gives to us, and we simply have to be willing to receive that gift. The latter part of the chapter, He talks about freedom. And freedom comes when we are no longer bound by the law. And so He's dealing with the Sabbath day. And Jesus' disciples are journeying through, and they're going through a wheat field, and it's on the Sabbath day, and they're gathering some of the wheat in their hands. And as they gather some of the wheat in, the, in their hands, uh, then obviously the religious leaders of the day say, Hey, hey, wait, wait a minute. Well, what do you think you're doing? It's the Sabbath day, and it is unlawful for you to gather food on the Sabbath day. Who do you think you are? And so Jesus deals with this idea of this legalism that binds us, that restricts us. And he said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And you've been set free from that. And so he offers us freedom. What I want us to focus on today is his call of a sinner, his pursuit of a sinner, of all sinners, and the fulfillment that comes through that call. The fulfillment, there are three stories, the story of Levi, which we just read, and then he follows that with the story of the bridegroom and the garments and the wineskins. And he says in regards to that, that he came to bring fulfillment to our lives. And that's what I want us to look at today. He said that they are in need of a physician because they are broken, they're hurting, they're struggling, they're giving up, and they need someone to heal them, someone to restore them, someone to help bring them back to life again. And that's the message that I want us to hear today. That's the message that he brings in this exchange with Levi and the religious leaders of his day. And so I want us to look back again at those, those three types of people and begin to see those three types of people in the text today. There are first those who do not know. For whatever reason, they haven't heard, no one has told them, they just do not know. We know the reason. The reason is 
that people do not know is that they haven't been told and every believer's responsibility is to share the message of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost world. And so if they don't know, it's our fault that they don't know. If they have never heard, it's our fault that they've never heard. It is our responsibility to share the message of Jesus Christ with the lost world. And to know that His desire is that all should be saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He doesn't call us to come to church. He calls us to be the church. He calls us to carry the gospel message to the lost world so that everyone will know. And so we need to to understand that if there are people who do not know, it is our responsibility to take that message. Now, we do that in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we do it personally ourselves. There's a neighbor, there's a friend, there's a family member, someone that we need to share with them the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And hopefully, as believers, every one of us are doing that. Every one of us are are seeing opportunities to share the message of Jesus. It's a very simple message. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It's not something that you have to spend a lot of time preparing. It's simply this. I'm a sinner and I was lost. Jesus came and saved me. Here's how he saved me. And you can be saved too. That's the message. That's what they need to hear. Sometimes we take that message to the lost world through our giving. We talk about that here at the church. uh, Supporting missions. Other workers who go about and, and they share the gospel in places that we can't travel and we can't go. And they go and do that on our behalf, and we support them. We support them financially. We support them spiritually. We support them in prayer. But taking the gospel message of Jesus Christ to the lost world is every one of our responsibilities. And so we need to ask ourselves the question, are there people that I know who don't know? Are there people that I encounter and come in contact with on a regular basis who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And what can I do to change that? What can I do to make a difference in their life? First thing you can do is this. Pray for them. Pray for them every single day. Pray that the Lord would intervene in their life, that He would send someone, perhaps you, but if not you, someone else, that they would listen to and they would hear the message and they would respond to the gospel. Second thing after you pray is be available. Maybe God is choosing to use you. Maybe God has put you in a position where you have the opportunity to share with someone the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't hesitate to do that. Be willing to be His messenger. Be willing to be His mouthpiece. Be willing to share with others the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Second type of people, those who know but refuse any kind of help or assistance. They... They know, but they refuse to trust Him. They know, and they they will say things like this, Well, I believe in God, or I believe in a higher being, but, 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 and they say that. And there's all kinds of things that follow that word. But reality is they know they refuse to trust Him. They refuse to put their faith in Him. They have more faith in themselves than they do in God, the Creator of the universe. 
they believe that they can handle the problems. They can believe that they, they can, can choose the right path, that they can do the right things. They believe that they have all of the ability to do those things. And so they're reluctant to trust in Him. They're re- reluctant to, to put their trust and faith and believe that He can do the things for him for them that He promised that He would do. That's the crowd. That's all those people who are gathered around. They're listening. And they're watching the show. They're seeing, you know, they're spectators. But they're, and they know because they've heard him, but they're not willing to trust. They're not willing to involve themselves and invest themselves in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Perhaps you know people like that. Oh, oh yeah, they're good people. You hear, hear people say things like, man, they'd give you the shirt off their back. They'd do anything for you. They're just the salt of the earth. They're really good people, but they have no relationship with Jesus. They know, but they're not willing to trust Him. They're not willing to give Him control of their life. They want to maintain control. They want to hold on. They want to be the ones that make the decisions and choose the direction and everything that happens in their life. And they're not willing to say, you know what, I just, I trust Him. I believe that He is who He says He is. I believe He will do what He says He will do. And I completely trust Him with my heart, with my life, with everything about me. Sometimes we let Him into some areas of our life, right? The old story, I'm sure you've heard it many times before, about when we have a visitor coming to the home, right? And so we're going to clean up the living room and the kitchen and the guest bathroom because those are the places they might might visit when they come to our house. But the other rooms of the house, we take everything out of those three rooms and throw them in those three rooms, right? And we say, what, when they come to the house? Yeah, right? Some of us are going, yeah, yeah, right? We're guilty of that. But here's what we do. We say, we, we show up at our house and what do we say? Hey, come on in, make yourself at home. Well, we really don't mean that. What we really mean is come in and make yourself comfortable in the living room, kitchen, and, and the guest bathroom, but not anywhere else in my house. We do the same thing with God, don't we? We say, God, come on in and take control of this part of my life. God, come on in and make yourself at home in this area of my life, but this area over here, that's still mine. My money, my finances, no, 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 that's still mine. My, my personal habits and, and some of the things, that, that's still, no, 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 you're not welcome in those areas. Do the exact same thing to God because we're not willing to fully trust Him with everything in our life. And that's the crowd. They see, they hear, they're watching what's going on, but they're not ready to trust. Third group, those who know but don't think they need any help themselves. Those who know, those are the Pharisees, the scribes, and the religious leaders. And every time they see Jesus interacting with the sinners, they they, they turn their nose up and they go, what in the world is he doing with those people? Jesus said, listen, is it not those who are sick who need a physician? Is it not those who are hurting and struggling and broken in life who need someone to help mend them and restore them and help them to come back to the fullness of life, the fulfillment of life that I intended for them? He said, I did not come to call the righteous. Who are the righteous? Those are the people who think they're all right. I don't need this. This is for somebody else. I'm here because I, you know, people need me to be here and I need to be visible and all of that, but this really isn't for me. Somebody else needs this, right? Probably some folks here sitting here this morning that, that have those kind of thoughts in your mind. This really isn't for me. This is for somebody else. And that's exactly where these scribes and Pharisees were. What is going on with Jesus? I mean, we don't need any help. We're following the law. We're doing what we're supposed to do. But why in the world is he associating with those people? 
Jesus said, it's exactly those people who I came to call. Exactly those people. I, I want us to think for just a moment about this guy named Levi that eventually becomes Matthew. And I want you to think about what's going on in his life. When Jesus calls him, Matthew is just living life. Or Levi at this point. He's doing his job. He's doing his work. He's in the middle of sin. We have every indication that he's a sinner, that he's cheating people. And that's what tax gatherers did in that day. They were Jews who were outcast Jews because they were working for the Roman government. And they were taking from from their Jewish friends who didn't have and giving to the Roman government, which had plenty. And, and, And so they were an outcast. And he was living in his sin. He was living his life. He was doing his job. Listen, there's no indication that Levi had, had any, any incident or crisis of conscience that something was wrong in his life. Jesus simply encountered him and Jesus said, Hey, you, follow me. And the scripture says that he got up, remember where he was? He was in the tax office. He was doing his job. He was collecting money. He was changing money. He was doing all that. And the scripture says he got up doesn't say anything about he secured the money. doesn't even say anything about he grabbed his money bags. and It just says he got up and followed Jesus. You see, Jesus calls us in the midst of our sin. Jesus calls us to follow him because we are sinners. And we need to be forgiven. And we need to be saved. And we need to be restored. And we need to deal with the hurt. We need to deal with the brokenness. We need to deal with the struggles in our life. And Jesus says, hey... If you want to deal with those things, follow me. Come follow me. And Levi, who later becomes Matthew, which is a promise of God, and and he just leaves everything. And he follows Jesus. The next scene we see is that they're in a home and they're having a meal together with some of Levi's friends, other tax gatherers, and other sinners in life. Notice they didn't invite the scribes and the Pharisees. Okay, why? Jesus had already told them, they're not the ones who need the position. It's these broken people. It's these struggling people. It's these sinning people. They're the ones who need help. They're the ones who need a physician. And so he calls Levi, who later becomes Matthew. His his friends gather around who are living in sin themselves. And Jesus is interacting with them because they're the ones who need the help. So the question this morning is simply this. Which one of these are you? Which one of these are you? You've heard. I know that. You're not that one. You've heard. You heard this morning. If you haven't heard any other time in your life, you heard this morning. So you've heard. Are you one who, who's heard, but you're not ready to trust? You're not willing to surrender and give everything to Him? Or are you one who heard and has said, Well, that's not for me. I'm, I'm okay. I, I don't need that. Are you one of these broken people? one of these sinners at the table with Jesus who needs forgiveness, who needs hope, who needs help, who needs to be restored, who needs to be loved by the Lord and for your life to be changed forever. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says this. Listen very intently because this is the pursuit of a sinner. It says simply this, but God demonstrates his own love toward us 
and that while we were sinners, Christ died for our sins. He pursues us with the life of his only son so that he might redeem us and rescue us and restore us as a great physician with a hope for the future. Where are you today in that relationship? Where do you fall in these groups of people? Are there decisions on your heart that you need to make about your relationship with Jesus Christ? He calls us as sinners to come follow Him. If you need to do that today, won't you come as we stand and we sing our hymn of invitation and we decide whether we are prepared in our hearts and our lives to truly surrender everything and follow Jesus as our Lord and Master.